Um, good morning, guys. Praise God. It is good to see each and every one of you in the house of the Lord. I hope you all uh, come to hear the word and uh, the word of the Lord and um, open your hearts and your minds and understand how this God really works. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about John Wesley today and uh, a few different things in his day and time. And um, <laughs> sometimes the gospel is so simple to us. But how many knows that Paul says the gospel is the power of God to us who believe? Uh, and so many times throughout history, we keep trying to take knowledge and uh, all these other things and uh, promote knowledge over faith in the Lord. And I, uh, I want to talk to you about John Wesley because in his life is a perfect example of a man. Listen, John Wesley from his youth was zealous for, for the Lord. He come from a long line of preachers. So I want to start by reading some commentary or some uh, comments on John Wesley. And uh, one by Charles Dickens. A hundred years after John Wesley credits him as the man who saved England. Now, it makes you wonder... A man who uh, is credited, now this is the time uh, around the, the French Revolution uh, and the overthrow of uh, that government. Uh, and, and, and Charles Dickens makes a, a statement uh, and, and he traces uh, the fact that England didn't get overthrown to John Wesley. Now we know that that credit goes to God. But I, I want you to understand uh, what was going on in England in that time. And uh, I'm going somewhere with this message. Uh, do your best to pay attention. I'll try to not be mundane. But A man named Tom, uh, Thomas Carlyle describes the country's condition as a stomach well activity, but the nation... The nation's soul was extinct. Deism and spiritualism was on the rise and gone rampant. People were more likely found in a seance than in the church house. A bland philosophical morality was standard in churches. A man named Sir William Blackstone visited the churches of every major clergyman. In other words, anybody who had any noteworthy uh, name in that day and time who was preaching at that time in London, but did not hear a single discourse which had more Christianity in it than the writings of Cicero. In most sermons... He heard it would have been impossible to tell just from listening whether the preacher was a follower of Confucius, Muhammad, 
or Christ. The gospel and morality were nearly extinct. And the land suffered from a severe drought of truth. And, I, and I'm telling you this for a reason because I've come to understand, like, you know, the enemy keeps working in cycles. And let me tell you, you know, now when we turn on TV and we, we hear the gospel, we hear messages and messages preached and, uh, man, there is a, a lot of philosophical ideas and uh, a lot of uh, knowledge and psychology and uh, feel-good messages. Are you with me? But man, when's the last time you actually heard the message of the gospel? That is wild. Because exactly what was happening in England is happening here now. We've become philosophical and we've uh, trusted in knowledge and education and uh, man, we've got all these messages going forth, but they might as well have come from Confucius. Are you with me? So, I wanted to bring you this story of John Wesley and how he earned this name. Because the interesting thing about John Wesley was this. He was an Anglican ordained minister for ten years. Had eight years of college. And didn't even know the Lord. This is by his own words. Do you understand what I'm saying? He grew up in the house of preachers. Was an ordained minister for ten years. Ten years. And come by his own confession that at the end of the day he didn't even know the Lord. And I'm going to explain that time to you. I find that amazing. Because we, we trust in knowledge, right? We want the most educated preacher up here preaching. Are you with me? Do you understand? I guarantee you in pulpits all over America right now, people don't even know the Lord. This is serious. And it's so simple. It's not complicated. They miss it because it's so simple. It's hard to believe because it's so simple. Are y'all with me? Uh, so, I want to get to this story about John Wesley, you know, and, I mean, I love John Wesley. I'm gonna, he's like one of those characters that really grows on you when you get to understanding John Wesley. So, John Wesley in this time, you know, obviously was about, uh, before the time of 1776, before America became an independent nation. Uh, and a lot of the colonies were being established here in America. Uh, and this is a, a, a big part of our American history, uh, to understand the revivalists that came through uh, around the birth of our nation and put this country on a good course and track. Jonathan Edwards and uh, George Whitfield. But I want to tell you about when 
John Wesley came to America. So John Wesley took the, uh, the opportunity to come over to America to convert the Indians to the gospel. This man was so zealous after the Lord. Extremely zealous. And, uh, you know, he, he planted, uh, in America and, um, become part of it, a, a colony and actually fell in love with a girl. I mean, those women can be trouble sometimes. Uh, and how many knows he left America brokenhearted, disappointed, and, and his words were, I came to, uh, convert the Indians, but who is gonna convert me? That's a John Wesley quote. Is that not interesting? That is interesting. Now let me tell you what happened uh, for John to come to this conclusion. Number one, he was at his wit's end. And if I'm if I'm saying something wrong, please correct me. Uh, he 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 comes zealous to do the work of the Lord. Uh, extremely zealous, his whole. Life since he was a kid for the things of the Lord. And his mama raised him to be zealous for the Lord. But he goes and he, he has this great experience. And how many, how many knows that, uh, you know, in his mind, he was planning to go convert some Indians, right? To the gospel. How many knows that God had his own plan for John Wesley? And I, and I want to teach you this because you need to understand the power of the grace of God and what it can do. Because a lot of times we try to do the ministry, we try to do Christianity, we try to walk the gospel in our own power. It's the failure of ages. It's what's happened all throughout history. We promote intelligence, schooling, and all these other things over the simple truth of the gospel. So on John Wesley's way, uh, uh, on a ship, he, he accompanied, uh, people who were called the Moraviners. Is that how you say it? Moraviners? Are y'all with me? Uh, Moraviners. Uh, it's, uh, the spiritual descendants of, uh, the man John Huss who was burned at the stake in, I believe, the 1400s. Moravians. That's how you say it. So while he's on this ship, a storm breaks out and uh, literally, nearly almost destroys this ship. And John Wesley's scared to death. But what caught his attention was this group of Moravians. Say it again. Moravians. I don't know why I can't say that. Moravians. That's because I try to read it uh, without hearing it and I come out with that. But Moravians. Who all the way down to their children. Wasn't scared at all. They were all perishing and dying, and they they had no fear at all. Not even their kids were scared. They were singing hymns to the Lord, ready to die. Uh, and that would make sense to you if you uh, would uh, read uh, the Moravianers. Say it again, Moravian Ers, Moravians. Let's leave the Ers out of it. That's the problem. The Moravians' uh, mission 
uh, questions before they left uh, to go on a mission. The first thing they would ask them, are you done living your life? Have you lived enough of your life to now be sold to the gospel to do the work of the Lord? Me, there, there was like three questions. I, I don't remember them, but that was the first one. Are you done living your life? So you got to understand these uh, Moravians. Moravians. That's in, that is incredible. Oh, this is why. See, I'm not intelligent. See, and that's the grace of God that I'm even standing up here. Praise God. Uh, so this struck John Wesley, and uh, you know, it it, it 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 struck him in his heart. Like this is strange. These people are strange. He asked him, "Was you not afraid?" He says, no. Us and our children are prepared to die. They were singing hymns, just like in the book of Acts. When they were in prison, just singing hymns, about to die. And to us, this is strange. But what this did to John, ten years after he became a minister now, I need you to understand this. Are you all with me? It helped him realize the condition and the nature of his heart. When he got back to the shores, uh, he even went to one of his, um, I believe it was a bishop. I don't remember his name. But he told him the experience and he asked him, and, and the bishop he mentioned, John, do you know the Lord? I know of the Lord. You know, he's, 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 he's getting around the question. I know, uh, I don't remember exactly how he worded it, but he's saying, uh, I know Jesus is the Lord, but do you know the Lord? How many knows he carried this burden with him for a couple of years? Oh man, you can understand this is a midlife crisis. Are you know I mean? His woman uh, married another man, looking and realized that man, I've been preaching God. Uh, you know, the, the, they they would memorize the Bible when they were kids. Their mom made them memorize sections of the Bible. They knew the Bible. It's incredible. That's why, man, you can remember that whole Bible. You, that don't impress me. And I've learned the hard way. See, because I, I remembered large portions of the Bible and thought, you know, that meant something. But that only means something if you know the Lord. So I want to teach you something because you need to understand that in the times of uh, in, in England, uh, things got so dark. I mean, the streets were rampant. There was no uh, integrity, no loyalty, no morality, uh, good moral standards. It was a mess. And the preachers uh, and the teachers and uh, people in the pulpit was preaching confusion and uh, philosophical ideas. But see, this is where this whole story changes. John Wesley ended up going to a meeting when he got back to England of uh, these Moravians. Say it again. Moravians. That is incredible. Moravians. And what is called uh, at a place, uh, Alder, is it Aldersgate? Aldersgate, 1738. 
they had a meeting and uh, the preacher and John came to this meeting and uh, the preacher was preaching uh, from an excerpt, uh, um, excerpt of uh, Martin Luther, I believe, about salvation by faith through grace. And the comment from John was, and I'm going to read it, so I don't want to get it wrong. The comment from John was, during this experience, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did trust in Christ. Christ alone for my salvation. An assurance was given to me. He had taken away my sins. You understand, this man loved the Lord. He, he, he hadn't had all the knowledge and uh, he, he was struggling with the idea of being saved with such a simple concept. But he goes and meets with these Moraviners. Moravians? Moravians. Moravians. And he has an experience with the Lord. And he, he, he said, I do trust God. He, he felt it in his heart. It was strangely warmed. And he said, I do trust Christ. And he, God gave him an assurance that day. An assurance that he had been saved from his sins. So incredible. So, at this point in John Wesley's life is when he actually becomes the John Wesley who saved England. He had a zeal for works, y'all. Y'all know after uh, uh, John Wesley, uh, well, he spent, he's 80-something years old when he died, but he, he preached 40,000 messages on horseback, going around preaching simple messages, repentance, faith, and holiness, transformed England. With the message of the gospel. And at, at, at the same time, we also know of George Whitfield, who, who another just strange, simple message. In America, you must be born again. Revival in England and America. With the simple preaching of the gospel. That's incredible. Uh, and, and I really think that uh, John Wesley's life is a perfect example of how we can get caught up in so many things. But the simple message, repentance towards God and faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus came and, and says this, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. You couldn't fulfill the law. Don't you understand? That's what Jesus came to do. He came to fulfill the law and make peace with God and man for all who would believe in Him because He is the fulfillment of the law. Alright, so now that I've brought you through that, uh, i got a, a short message. My wife will remind me again that we got communion. Uh, but I just want to take you to some simple things. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Uh, and let me tell you, I get to where I want to uh, just preach all this knowledge at you and teach you a, a thousand things. But how many knows I would even be better off if I could just preach 
the gospel and trust the Holy Spirit. Because it's not by the intellectual words that I'm speaking, but it's by the power of God, by the grace of God. That's the only thing that can change your whole entire heart. You understand? Uh, and, man, let me tell you, it wasn't uh, John Wesley's intelligence that transformed England. It was, he learned the grace of God. Are y'all with me? It's incredible. Uh, and, and sometimes we get so lost in our times, like, uh, we think that there's something more we could say, or something more we could do, or something, uh, you know, that I can teach you that you would just understand it better. But I mean, you, you need the Holy Spirit. I have to trust in the Holy Spirit of God. And that's why, man, I'm just going to preach a simple message. Praise God, watch it be the most powerful message I ever preached. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's incredible. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. If you're there, say amen. Paul says this. He says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God. Listen to this. It pleased God that through the foolishness, of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach, what do we preach? Christ and Him crucified. We preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks it's foolishness. But here's the key. Are you with me? But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Paul called the message of the gospel foolishness. But that's the wisdom of God. Because it wasn't about intelligence. It was about Jesus Christ. It was about grace and mercy and the power of God and what God did for us. This is what separates Christianity from all the other religions in the world. The God who came to us. Are you with me? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 16 says, Without faith it is impossible, impossible to please God. Romans chapter 5. Turn there with me if you will. Well. Alright. Praise God. I'm there. Y'all ready? Romans chapter 5. Listen to this. Listen, listen, listen. Therefore, having been justified by 
have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Simple message. But here's the key. Listen to this. Through whom also we have access. Somebody said we got access. By faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now he's saying we have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access. Access into the grace in which we stand. Faith in Jesus Christ and by faith we also have access into the grace in which we currently stand. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 11. is, do you know the Lord? John Wesley heard messages about Jesus since he was a child. But he didn't know the Lord. Do you understand how tremendous that is? Ephesians chapter 3. I can get there. I'm always the last one there. <laughs> Just giving y'all time. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11. <clears throat> According to the eternal purposes which He accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. But He says, in Jesus we have boldness and access. That word, access. How many times times in life do you feel like you know of God, but you're lacking that access to God? Sometimes you feel a hundred miles away from God. And I'm telling you that it's through faith in Jesus Christ, and it's by faith also, we have access to the throne of God. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, even myself, like, I go through life and I, 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 I keep trying to take the mantle back and, cause it just doesn't seem right in my human mind. I've gotta do something. Or, uh, you know, you try to get there another way and then God has to bring you back. Sit you back down and say it's by Jesus. It's by faith. By faith, we access the grace in which we stand. But do you believe? Do you have faith in the work that God did for us, for all of us? 
Paul says a door was opened, a door of faith was opened to the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles, unless you're Jew or of Israel. So a door of faith was opened to the Gentiles. And we access God by faith in Jesus Christ. Simple message. It's a simple message. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, that word boldness again, to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Y'all know the, uh, the temple, right? You know, you've got the inner courts, the outer courts, and the holiest of holies, or the holy of holies, which the Jews and the Hebrews uh, or Israelites or whatever did not go in there. Only the high priest once a year went in there. But what God did, He made an access to us straight into the Holy of Holies where God is by the blood of the Lamb. Ooh, are you putting your trust in anything else? I'm telling you right now, it's time to, it's time to set that burden on Jesus. It's time to trust in that blood to get into the presence of God again because that's where you're going to find holiness. That's where you're going to find what you're supposed to do. That's where you're going to find the grace to stand. The grace to minister. Paul said it's, it's not me who's working. It's God's Spirit who's working in me. And like I told you in, in other messages past, uh, you know, Paul... Couldn't just do his own will while he was out there. The Holy Spirit restricted him. Said, nope, you can't go there. Nope, you can't go there. Then he has a dream. Come on over here. So he concluded just like we would have to conclude. By faith. Are you with me? John Wesley uh, made a statement and he said that, uh, and this really hit me when, when, I, when, I, when I seen this quote. He says that the porch is repentance. Faith is the door. And holiness is inside. Think about that analogy. The porch is repentance. You can't get to the door without repentance. Who came first, Jesus or John the Baptist? John the Baptist came preaching repentance. Preparing the way for the Lord. Are you with me? Jesus Christ stepped on the scene preaching repentance. The porch. Repentance. Turning your heart towards God. Being broken. How long did John Wesley carry that burden before he figured it out? How long did he hang out at that porch before he walked in the door by faith? A serious burden. But how many wants to know that uh, 
Once God touched John Wesley with this grace, he was able to accomplish, I mean, astronomical feats. I mean, I'm talking about out of this world things by the grace of God. And see, I know one thing, that if this church, you and me, could understand the truth of the gospel and be strengthened by the grace and the faith in Jesus Christ, God could use anybody in here. Because He don't look at how tall you are. He don't look at uh, how educated you are. Do you trust in Jesus? That's what's going to get you there. That's what's going to get the grace of God on your life to accomplish things in the Spirit. Are you with me? And, and repentance is the porch, he said. How long do you carry that burden? The weight of trying to do everything in your own flesh. The weight of your sin. The weight of everything you've done wrong. How long do you carry that burden? Before you walk in that door. You keep trying to be righteous before you go in the door. You can't do that. And you'll find that when you answer and open that door and you you go inside, that there's grace to stand. So guess what? I started learning to walk in that door. To open it by faith. And that was a lot of things that answered a lot of things in my my life. That was what puts a, a, a grace on my life to even minister. Dude, my life is even more retarded than, than John Wesley's. I'm telling you. I, I could barely read at 22 years old. I'm, I'm telling you this because every now and then God reminds me that you're only here by grace. You've only come to this place and not dead in your sins or dead in the street, or dead out here, living like hell, or, or, or dead like half of my friends, because of grace. <coughs> Repentance and grace. I mean, those inside that door, there's, there's mercy. We have access to God. Boldness. We can come before Him bold with a clean conscience. And pray because of what Jesus did. Your righteousness is filthy rags. Do you understand? But it's by faith we open that door and we walk in. Simple. So simple. God calls it the message foolishness. Paul calls it foolishness. But that's how God works. Because it's not by your intelligence, it's not by your might, it's not by your strength. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And what God did is what we put our trust in. And that's how you actually can stand and walk with God. Are y'all with me? John, cue up my music, buddy. You ready? Uh, I I, I, I chose this song to uh, end our message. And you will see that uh, this song is saying everything that 
I just said. But I also want to invite you today. Something different than I normally do. I want to invite you to the altar today. To come to the door. Are you with me? Quit trying to do it in your own strength. Quit trying to fight the enemy. Quit trying to live in the flesh. And there's the power of God right here. Are you with me? You find my song, John? I want you to hear the words of this song. And, and, and really take it in. It's powerful. Super powerful. When you understand what I'm telling you right now. Everybody else looks at you like you're a reject and all these other things. Now you know God sees past all that. And everybody just looks at you like she's the only Kids were saying, yeah, I'm ready to die. Convince my 
just like theirs. We need the gospel. We need the Holy Spirit and the power of God.
So now we got communion, uh, and I get to lead it. So let's pray that uh, God gives me grace.